Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, welcome to the Big Red Bench. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock on a busy Saturday of sport. Loads to get through. Ireland are leading Scotland at halftime. More on that coming up in just a few minutes' time. Gaelic Games, a good win for Cork today in the hurling against Antrim. Preliminary quarter final for Cork today. And Kieran Kingston's men running out winners in a high scoring game up in Corrigan Park. We'll have reaction and we'll hear from Kieran Kingston. And Shawnee McGrath will be along to run us through that game and look ahead to next week's game versus Galway as well. The footballers, they're in action tomorrow. All Ireland football. Um, they're playing for a spot in the quarterfinals at least against Limerick. We'll have a preview of that coming up for you as well. We'll be wrapping up all the weekend sport and plenty more to come between now and 7 o'clock here on the Big Red Bench. Yeah, good evening. It's Colm O'Sullivan here until 7 o'clock. We've got a busy show tonight. Loads of stuff going on. Um, we'll start at the Aviva Stadium and Ireland are leading Scotland. I was just watching the first half and a great Irish performance. A world away from what we saw during the week against Ukraine. It was a really, really good first half from Stephen Kenny's team. Ireland leading Scotland at halftime and they're searching for their first elusive win in the Nations League ever. Uh, a few different managers now haven't been able to win for Ireland in the Nations League since it started a few years ago. Uh, can Stephen Kenny get that first win today? Well, it looks good at halftime. Still 45 minutes to go, but Alan Brown got the first goal. It would take a Corkman to get the first goal, wouldn't it? Alan Brown getting the first goal for Ireland um, early in the first half. He bundled the ball home from a corner. Shane Duffy kind of headed it down. There was a bit of a scramble. Alan Brown bundled it over the line. It's his fourth goal for Ireland. And then, what a goal for Ireland's second goal. An absolute cracker. Troy Paris with a header. But like for me, and I think if you were watching it, you can't disagree. It was all about the ball from Michael Obafemi. Obafemi just played a world-class ball. I saw Shea Given and Richie Sadlier on the RT analysis at halftime describing it as the kind of pass you'd see from Lionel Messi. It was exquisite. It was beautiful. It was a thing of magic and beauty from Obafemi. And the run from Parrot was fantastic. He timed his run perfectly, ran in, got on the ball, got the header past uh, the Scotland keeper to put Ireland 2-0 up. So that's how it stands heading into the second half there at the Aviva Stadium, Republic of Ireland. 2 Scotland nil in the Nations League. The other match tonight in Ireland's group or earlier on today in Ireland's group saw Ukraine notch up another win. Uh, they've had a good week, obviously. They beat Armenia 3-0. Um, so they beat Ireland during the week. They beat Armenia 3-0. And of course, they beat Wales last weekend to qualify for the World Cup in Qatar later on this year as well. Plenty of other action in the Nations League later on tonight. Uh, England have a big game. They need a win, really, England. They lost to Hungary last week. Could only manage a draw in Germany. And they'll be hoping for a home win against Italy tonight. 7.45 kickoff for England versus Italy. And that game takes place in Wolves Molyneux Stadium tonight. But interesting. Interestingly, it takes place behind closed doors. No fans, or, or at least very few fans, allowed into that match tonight in Molyneux. And that is because it's kind of a result of, you might remember the trouble. Actually, last time England and Italy played each other was the Euros final, the Euro uh, 2020 final. Um, even though it was played in 2021 last summer in Wembley. And there was fierce hassle, there was fierce trouble of fans barging into the stadium and do you know, it was just a dangerous situation in general and England were handed a stadium ban for one game, I think it is just, and that's tonight's game against Italy. Um, so England will be hoping that uh, they can get the result there nonetheless because they do need probably to get the three points tonight and get their first win of this Nations League campaign. Elsewhere in that group as well, Hungary face Germany. Uh, Wales in action, big game for them against Belgium tonight in the Nations League. Also in their group, Netherlands versus Poland. Uh, you got Montenegro and Bosnia tonight, Romania and Finland. And uh, Faroe Islands are 2-1 up against Lithuania at the moment. Luxembourg, Turkey as well. The other game in the Nations League tonight in the various groups. So uh, the one we're keeping an eye on obviously is League One, or League B, Group 1. And Ireland 2-0 up there. The second half has just started now. So we'll keep you up to date on that as well. And uh, if you were watching the first half, I'm sure you'll agree it was a great performance from Ireland. Uh, we'll get to Gaelic Games in just a sec. But just a few other football results today. 
and Cork City they have a, a week off this week but they did have a friendly match uh, Cork City played Sligo in a friendly out in Bishopstown this afternoon and a finished Cork City 1 Sligo 1 and Cork City return to league action now sitting pretty on top of the league next weekend they should have been in action last night against Waterford at Turner's Cross but that game was postponed because David Harrington the goalkeeper is away with the Irish under 21s and international duty uh, the Cork City women got a good win today as well Danny Murphy, the new Cork City women's manager, and well done to Danny. Great to see them uh, getting a win there. They're long overdue a good victory, and they got one today in Turner's Cross. Danny Murphy working his magic, the Cork City legend, the Cockney rebel himself. Uh, Cork City came from behind to beat Treaty United 2-1 at Turner's Cross this afternoon in the Women's National League. So well done to City, well done to Danny Murphy, and long may it continue under Murph's tenure. Uh, Cork City wins and Cork City success in the women's team as well as the men's team. Uh, elsewhere in the Women's National League today, Wexford cut the gap at the top of the uh, WNL. Um, they had a 1-0 win over league leader Shelburne at Tocca Park. Defending champions still lead Wexford by five points at the summit. Elsewhere, Stephanie Roach scored twice in five minutes to give P-Mount a 5-0 win over Sligo and it finished scoreless between Galway and Athlone. In Gaelic games then, Cork in action today in the hurling. The All-Ireland preliminary quarterfinal and it was up in Corrigan Park against Antrim and Antrim actually led at half time by a point I couldn't believe it they led at half time by a point and you're kind of thinking Jesus could this go against us here surely be to God not against Antrim but you know you'd have your nerves but in fairness Kieran Kingston and the Cork team they really rallied and they came out fighting all guns blazing in the second half and really ran away with it in the end by an 11 point margin it finished Cork 327 Antrim 219 and we have reaction to come we'll hear uh, Kieran Kingston chatting to Dennis Hurley in just a few minutes in the stadium after that game and Cork legend Shawnee McGrath will join me as well in a few minutes to reflect on that game and look ahead now to a big one for Cork in the quarter final against Galway up in Thurless next weekend that's the next Saturday evening um, so that's going to be a huge one and I mean if Cork can go and win there against Galway anything could happen could we be back in Croke Park for the All-Ireland Final later on this summer like last year hopefully it goes better if we are but a long way to go as we'll discuss with Shawnee McGrath very very shortly we'll also look ahead to the All-Ireland um football tomorrow because Cork take on Limerick for a spot in the All-Ireland football quarterfinals and Ger McCarthy is going to be at that game for us so we'll be speaking to Ger later on in the show as well and we've plenty more to come to between now and, of course, um, at seven o'clock. But uh, just to wrap up some of the other Gaelic games for you today, besides the Cork game as well, places in the All-Ireland Football quarterfinals up for grabs at Croke Park. Uh, beaten Connacht finalist Ross Common. They're out of the championship after Clare snatched a late victory in the first qualifier of the evening. Keelan Sexton scored 2-6 to give the banner a last-minute 2-15 to 1-17 win over the Rossies. Meanwhile, last year's beaten All-Ireland finalists Mayo. Uh, they're taking on Kildare. That game just underway in the last five or ten minutes. We'll get a score for you on that in a few minutes time Semple Stadium will host a major All-Ireland hurling quarterfinal doubleheader next weekend uh, we mentioned one of those games already Wexford will take on Clare following a 3.30 to 18 point win over Kerry this afternoon and elsewhere of course Cork coming from behind at half time to beat Antrim 3.27 to 2.19 and they will now face Galway uh, to book their last eight spot um, uh, or to, or to book their last semi-final spot of course they'll be in the last eight next week in the quarterfinals against Galway and uh, the opening day today of the TG Cahar All-Ireland Senior Ladies Football Championship as well holders Meath beat Monaghan 113 to 1 point in Group B uh, rare that the team would only score 1 point in Group A Dublin put 5 goals past Cavan 514 to 224 uh, Mayo 10 points to spare winning over Tipperary by 116 to 16 Burr is hosting a double header this evening with Waterford and Donegal doing battle and later on uh, Kerry meeting Clare as well and there were wins for Galway and Kilkenny in Group 2 of the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship as well this afternoon. In golf, it's it's been all about the golf all week, all the controversy with this live or LIV golf uh, series, whatever they're calling it. Uh, Rory McIlroy, though, he's not getting involved. Uh, well, he has no interest in leaving the PGA Tour. He, he thinks it's wrong. He thinks 
he just doesn't agree with it and he's happy where he is um, and he's also happy with his position heading into day three of the Canadian Open the defending champion resumes from six under par at 20 to 7 Irish time so in about half an hour's time uh, he's just one stroke behind leader Wyndham Clark and Shane Lowry has got his third round underway there already uh, speaking of the Live Golf Tour former Masters champion Patrick Reed. well there was talk that he might uh, join the Live Golf Inter- Invitational Series and he has become the latest player to jump ship from the PGA Tour and join the Live Golf Series. Uh, he's the 19th PGA Tour member to sign up for the Saudi-backed competition. 17 of those competing in the first event during the week, they were suspended by the Tour after teeing off on Thursday. And um, you'd imagine the same thing will now happen to Patrick Reed. And you wonder, like... Is it madness? Will will these players look back in years to come and say, what the hell were we thinking? What the hell were we doing? Uh, or will they be just happy having a, a big bank balance with the Saudi money in their pockets? Uh, I suspect it might be the latter somehow. Uh, right, let's get to the hurling today. And a good, good win for Cork, as we said. Bit of a scare at halftime, losing by a point, but certainly fought back and got a good, good victory. Cork 327 to Antrim's 219, the final score at Corrigan Park. Dennis Hurley was up there for us and he was chatting to Cork boss Kieran Kingston afterwards. Uh, we'll just get Kieran Kingston for you now. Any second, where has he gone? Uh, Kieran Kingston, yeah, he's chatting about um, the first half and how they had a bit of a scare in the first half and a poor period in the first half. So here is Kieran Kingston. We lost, we lost the middle turn in the first half, no question, they dominated it. Um, but yeah, we got, we, got, we got controlled in the second half. Really, just didn't give up those opportunities they got in the first half. The defence was very, very good and then it was very solid in the second half. Yeah, yeah look, 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 uh, look, look at the game. Like we, people might say we were complacent coming in in the start in particular and that we took this for granted. That could be further from the truth. Uh, that's not any patronising towards Antrim. We knew coming up here the history of results between Cork and Antrim back over the years, the history of results here between the League and Championship. So we're well aware of that. And I spoke to the lads uh, about that leading, in, leading into the game. It's a good bit of good friends up here. We spent a lot of time up in Christian Dahl and that, so we'd be well aware of, of, uh, of Antrim holding in this location. But I think maybe the first 20 minutes, lads didn't believe me. And, uh, the way we were complacent, your decision making was poor, execution poor at times, uh, going for goals when points were on. Um, and that cost us, uh, you know, they missed some, some, some scores as well. So we were probably, in a way, not in, not in control of the game and happy enough to be where we were at half time. Was it, was it more disappointing, Karen, given that you got two early goals and, you know, I suppose that would be what you would have been looking for beforehand to, to put Antrim on the back foot? Yeah, it was, but then you can see we can see the two really soft goals from, from long long balls in it that got through our half back and they really shouldn't have. And uh, you, you, you didn't track the runners next time the ball, the ball inside and nearly go to the green. But sometimes maybe they give you a sense of false, uh, false sense of security. And I felt that that they did that again. We get a false sense of security from the early scores, and um, uh, we kind of sat back on the arms and as I said. And that's not to do with the elements and that was to do with yeah. our decision making and our execution it was a bit off we were sucking off with it until the three weeks yeah, yeah. in that first 20-25 minutes and even up to half time we were off in many ways and like like you said three weeks Antrim played last week Like, was that a factor? look it's hard to know like, I mean, obviously momentum was good but this game would bring us on a lot but um, there's no, no doubt about it we were off in that first half and we spoke about it at half time and I thought Raju was really really good in the second half um, execution was better decision making was better we worked a lot harder in the second half and I think yeah, we, look, we were always in control of the game the second half was just a matter of, of how much but certainly in the first half we weren't and is it, is it almost a blessing in disguise in a way, having got through with a lot of room for improvement to, to be facing into Galway in a week's time now? Yeah, it's a difficulty in the game like this is uh, you win by 20 points and you say, yeah, should I was expected, you only win by two and you're useless. Yeah. So it's, it's a no-win situation really. Like for us coming up here was to get out of here with a win and get into the quarterfinal. That was the primary objective because we knew this was going to be difficult. No other objective only get in and get out of here. And many teams have suffered yeah. have suffered up here, you know. Is there any injury worries? Not haven't been, haven't been in no yet, but um, not that I'm aware of, yeah. Okay. Like all the changes were tactical? Yeah, I yeah. think, yeah, more or less, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That is Kieran Kingston, the Cork Hurley manager, speaking to Dennis Hurley uh, following Cork's victory today. A good win for Cork, 327 to 219 up 
in Corrigan Park against Antrim today and I'm just monitoring things from the Aviva Stadium here and another goal for Ireland in the last few minutes and I mentioned about the ball Michael Obafemi played for Troy Parrott for the second Ireland goal in the first half I mean it was exquisite it was beautiful well now Michael Obafemi has added a goal for himself and the assist for him came from Troy Parrott so they're looking after each other the two lads and Stephen Kenny is going to be in dreamland Ireland are on course very much now to get their first ever win in the Nations League and it's going to be a big one by the looks of it if they can uh, keep things going as, as, as they have been doing and it is now Ireland 3 Scotland nil. Um, I don't think any of us saw this coming after the performance against Ukraine during the week. I mean, uh, we were kind of thinking, Jesus, if we could even squeeze a draw against Scotland, wouldn't that be a great result after the other night? But uh, Ireland 3, Scotland nil. 57 minutes on the clock at the Aviva Stadium. Great to see it. We love to see it. All the young guys scoring for Ireland and Alan Brown as well, who's been around a while. But uh, obviously, Troy Parrott, Michael Obafemi uh, excelling for Ireland today. And we love to see that. And Stephen Kenny's football paying off, which is fantastic to see as well. And hopefully now Ireland can drive it on, get that win today. They're very much on course for it, but there's still 30 minutes to play there at the Aviva Stadium. Republic of Ireland 3, Scotland nil. More on that later on. But we are going to stick with the court game today. Cork 3.27 Antrim at 2.19 and I'm now joined by Cork legend Shawnee McGrath and I, I think as the weeks go by uh, we're all getting a little bit more excited about the momentum Cork are building and this is three uh, three good wins for Cork and the bounce now following the games against Waterford and Tip as well and um, it was to be expected that Cork would go up and win in Corrigan Park and get a, get a good victory against Antrim today but Shawnee thanks for joining us first of all and I think I think it might have just been a bit more um, a bit more difficult certainly with the half-time scoreline than Cork would have expected but uh, we drove on and did it in the end Yeah I think, I think so Colm um, like at half-time Antrim were leading you know, there was a strong win there but I think Cork at the same time you know as they say got the job done um, but of course they showed good patience in the second half and kind of you know, got themselves in a position where they were ahead and you know didn't look back um, they got some fabulous scores um, Robbie Flynn was meant to be very impressive again Connolly Han who's having a brilliant season, continued to, to keep that form up. Um, Seamus Hanley got the goal, and you know, all in all, I think Kieran and his selectors will be delighted with the performance because it's a very hard place to go, even mm. down through the years when you went up there for league games, the distance, having to go up the night before. All those things combined to it being a different type of game, maybe to head into Turles on a Sunday morning. So I think they'll be delighted they got out of it, um, and it'll be all guns blazing for, for next Saturday now against Galway in the quarterfinal game, a huge game for Cork. It certainly will. As you mentioned, Antrim led. They led by a point at half-time. Um, so it was pretty much neck and neck. They had a narrow lead. They were they were right in the game. Um, do you think at any point Cork were a bit worried at that stage? Or do you think they, they knew they had what it took to come out fighting in the second half and just drive it on? Um, look, you're always going to go up into these games um, with a sense of you know, trepidation. You're always going to be worried that you know if we don't get our mojo, if we don't get our key players into the game, they're going to have a huge local partisan crowd that are going to be roaring them on. And Corrigan Park, even two years ago, when we just got the case in Park, it's tighter again, or it yeah. has the feeling that it's tighter. Um, so all those things combined to making it a difficult environment to go to. But I think, look, Kieran would have known, maybe even at half-time when they were a point down, that if we show patience here, that if our class you know, comes to the fore, that we'll just be a bit too strong for these fellas. Um, and look, they're very decent. I mean, over the years, Neil McManus has been their main man, and he still continues to be a big player for them. But other fellas like Keelan Malloy and Norton on the freeze they're all very very good players you could see last week Cullum and the yep. McDonough Cup final against Kerry how strong and good they are it was a brilliant final you know, Kerry got well beaten after great game yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was a great game so look they're a very decent side and I think Kerry would be delighted now heading down the road to have got that 11 point victory he definitely will and I mean in the end of it, it was a good margin the 11 points as you say that second half really Cork came out fighting uh, some great performances from some of the Cork team you mentioned a few of them there uh, they, they really just got stuck into it they, they did what they had to do and I mean Cork pulled away and, and they did look the better side obviously they, and they were the superior side and they showed their class in the second half Yeah they did call them. and I mean look after the first two games you know from you know the Waterford and Tip game on we've just got better and better and you know, fellas, I mentioned him earlier, Robbie Flynn, who against yeah. the big teams is consistently getting his two or three points per game. Today he got six. He's having a really good season. Mm. Connolly Han is having a brilliant season. And, you know, the whole changing around, I won't say necessarily changing the system, but maybe some personnel changes and maybe going a small bit more direct has just now meant that Cork are, you know, chalking up big scores. They've got key players playing really, really well. So, you know, and Galway maybe, they will, hopefully they'll be a little bit left over. They've only got 17 points in the list of finals. 
Um, there might be a fear for them that Fahey might get a suspension and he might have been cited after the yeah. game. So look, I, I don't think you know the, the mood will be absolutely tip-top in the Galway camp. And now that Cork have played very, very well in their two games in the championship, the last two, and today's game then. So they've had three games in a row where they've been consistently good. Um, that should put them in right good fettle um, for next Saturday. It should, and, and you'd imagine that the you mentioned the confidence mightn't be great in the Galway camp. You'd imagine it should be very good in the Cork camp now. I mean, they got the good win today, um, a nice margin in the end. They had, they had the good wins against Tip and Waterford as well. It's three games now where they've played well, they've got good results, and I mean, they're building momentum nicely, aren't they? They are, Colm, and like to, to, you know, it can be very easy when you're on the sidelines criticising and you know outside looking in. Look, they were very disappointing in the first two games of the of the of this year's championship. But I mean, look, they were tinkering with stuff. They obviously looked at the Limerick game. I said it before myself on numerous occasions that everyone would have been screaming if they didn't do something different. Yeah. And um, compared to the Limerick game, so they've been trying a few things, and they weren't always going to get everything bang on. Um, and look, they had they were man enough to maybe dust themselves down after the Clare game in particular and say, look, we need to look at the whole Mark Coleman thing. We need to look at the likes of Timmerman and these fellas. Um, you know, move um, Kieran Joyce around, put him in maybe centre back and all that kind of stuff. And in fairness to them, maybe other managements in other counties might have been too stubborn and not do it. But in fairness to Kieran and his management team, they did it, and now they're reaping the rewards. So, but it doesn't mean you know, that you know just because they've done that, they've got a couple of results that here we go, we're on the way to the Ireland title. Far from it. Um, there's some really good team, teams left. Like Galway will be a challenge. Kilkenny looked impressive enough in a kind of a dour list to find, but was typically Kilkenny they got over the line. No, last week's must have fine. Clare and Limerick was probably the best must have fine we've seen in a, a long, long time. Um, and Wexford got a really convincing win today. It was a bit of a banana skin. They were very good a couple of weeks ago when they needed to get a result against Kilkenny and Nolan Park. So, Colm, there's some really good teams left. Um, it's going to be a really, really tough championship. Um, you know, the next month or so, we'll, we'll tell a lot. And please, God, we'll be in the mix. Hopefully we will. And I mean, as you say, there's a long, long way to go now, Shawnee, before we can start talking about All-Ireland finals and so on. But I mean, you would be confident enough of how things are progressing and, and how we've kind of turned things around, I suppose, since since the, the earlier part of the season and the last three games. And you have to give credit, and, and you have mentioned uh, to Kieran Kingston and the management team there, because they were coming in for not massive, but a slight bit of criticism earlier on in the campaign. And they made the changes they had to. They they, they stuck with everything and, and they, they kind of tinkered with things a bit. And it seems See paying off. Definitely. I mean, you rolled back a couple of weeks ago after the Kenny semi final, the league semi final, the whole place was by the own town. We were delighted and felt that we were really, really close to challenging and we'd be the next best team to, to, to Limerick. And then the, the wheels really came off, you know, against Lip Waterford in that league final and mm. the following two championship games. We went full circle and it was, you know, everyone lamenting where we were and how do we fall down the pecking order so far. <laughs> so it's funny, it's fickle and Crow can be fickle and the game itself can be fickle. So Look, they definitely got their mojo back. As I said, they, they, they tinkered with a few things. And players as well, like players just have stepped up. Seamus Henry's form has gone through the roof. He got one three again today. Yeah. You know, he's a huge player for Cork, has been there for the last decade. He's been a brilliant, brilliant hurler. He continues to deliver huge performances. And he delivered a real performance that we needed against Waterford. He really manned up. So I think it's a mix of other things as well, not just necessarily systems and styles. It's been big players stepping up in defence. We've been very good. And I think in goal, Patrick Collins, you know, has just started to find his feet, his puck outs and his, you know, he's made some key saves at crucial moments. So all in all, I think it's a mix of a couple of things, but as much as anything else, it's just players, big players finding their, their form and um, stepping up when it's needed. So, and it'll be much the same. We'll need much the same now because, you know, I've been saying maybe that the camp, the Galway camp might be a little bit down after the list of final, but they still have Mannion, they still have Conor Whelan, who's one of the best forwards in the game. They've Fintan Buck, they've Dahi Buck, like they've got savage hurlers and if they all hit form as well, they'll be a match for anyone. So, you know, it's you can lot of talk about the compressed season and, and, and the split season and that, but it's going to be a massive month for every county, but look, we only look after our own corner. For Cork, this could be a huge month to go now. It really, it is going to be a huge month. I mean, that Galway game next week is absolutely massive now in the quarter final. Um, you've mentioned what you think of Galway and some of the players, Shawnee. Henry Shefflin is there now, obviously, managing the team as well. How have you found Galway under Henry Shefflin? How do you think he's doing? Uh, look, they've, they've a bit of a mixed bag, kind of similar to Cork at different stages, I suppose. They probably started stronger than Cork, but have faded off a little bit. I was a bit disappointed with him. In the final, I thought they, they, they'd put it up to Kilkenny a bit better. But look, he's been probably one of the best players we've ever seen in the yeah. game. And I've no doubt in management, he'll, he'll do something similar. He has some really successful years with Ballyhale. And the inter-county scene is so different to that club scene. And there's so much that goes with it between stats, strength and conditioning, and dealing with elite top players. Um, you know, it brings a ferocious 
commitment and challenge. So, you know, I think he's dealing with that challenge fairly well. Um, you look, he got his team to the list of final. But, um, you know, he'll know as well how to battle out of these difficult situations. He's been there so often as a player. Um, you know, he, he'll know that as much as anything, he just has to get morale high. Obviously, his team is fit and they've got very, very good hurlers. But when you lose a big game and a, a big provincial title like that or final like that, you know, the mood is obviously going to be down. So Henry will be calling on all his experience as a player just to get the players G'd up. You know, he's got a huge task in his hand as well. He needs to get morale the buzz in the camp really, really going. So that'll be his test, his first real test, I suppose, as a manager. But today he's done reasonably well. If you were to mark it, I would say probably 7 out of 10. But obviously to go in, to win the all it'll be 10 out of 10. Everyone in Galway <laughs> will be delighted with him. But I think he's done well for a new manager. I think he could be reasonably happy with, with um, the farm today. And I mean, he's the right fellow for them to have really, isn't he, in terms of the amount of All-Irelands he's won as a player and things. Nobody knows more about it to motivate the guys he has now that he's managing. Yeah, no, you don't always. That always doesn't come to fruition where great players become great managers, and not just hurling, but in lots of other sports, soccer, and that included. But no, I think Henry's a little bit different. Um, I think you know, even as a player, he was quite um, deep. Um, I remember you know hearing about he was the first runner really to come up with putting the hurley up um, as the goal he was poking it out just to block off line of sight. Um, you know, and that wasn't really stuff that was done at the time. So I think he was always a tinker of the game, and obviously as a player. Um, you know, he was just an absolute legend for 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 Kilkenny and got him over the line in so many games. Go back to the All Ireland final against Galway a number of years ago. Was it the twelfth final? The first game when they drew, um, he really carried Kilkenny almost single-handedly yeah. over the line that day. So, no, it doesn't always, as I said, come come true that these great players become great managers. But I always thought that Henry was just slightly different, um, and I think he'll no doubt as Indian to county game go on to show his credentials and abilities as a manager. Um, so yeah, I think he came out at, at the right time for for Galloway. There was it was mute at the time. Maybe that Michal Adonis who was going to go in, but they were bold enough to go with an outside manager. Um, but hopefully we'll put a stop to his reign now on, on Saturday. Um, I think that's where all the products come to an end. I mean, Cork has to focus on their side. Um, and as good a manager as they have, and a good a team as Galway have, we just have to go up there and go toe to toe with them, tear into them, give it everything for the seventy minutes, and hopefully come away with the result. Definitely, and hopefully we do come away with the results next week up there uh, against Galway. Do you think? Uh, Shawnee that like Cork have a point to prove this year from last year obviously did very well to get to the All-Ireland final but the All-Ireland final was so disappointing do you think that is in the back of Kieran Kingston's mind in the back of the players who are still involved in the squad who were there last year is it in the back of their mind they want to get back there and maybe acquit themselves a bit better I know we said there's a long long way to go but surely they must have some little thought of that they have to call them I look I think deep down you know we obviously haven't been winning huge titles in the last... Well, we have won all our titles since 2005, but we're still a very pro county with a ferocious history. Um, so I think any manager and any player that starts off at Cork at the start of the year, I think you're like nothing really unless you have those ambitions that you're going to go and win an all title. And I don't think this year would be any different. I think even irrespective of last year's all final, as disappointing, as, as much of, of an achievement as it was to get there, you know, the result was obviously desperately disappointing. And Kieran and his lads, his management lads, wouldn't have been... Uh, you know, would have felt it more than anyone else. Um, but I think just when you go with Cork and you get involved as a player, or as I said in management, you go there to win titles. So that'll be the, the motivation now. You know, they've, they've come out of the group, a group that they didn't look like they were going to come out of a couple of weeks ago. They've dusted themselves down and acquitted themselves really well. When the back was to the wall, going down to Wilds Park, they were absolutely outstanding. Um, and yeah, you're right, Colin. I think the motivation will be to get to the final and win it. But you can't go that far down the line. You know, they have Gary Keegan and these involved on the psychology side. And I can only imagine that he's kind of drumming into them every game at a time. So they've got over hurdle today. They went to Corrigan Park, travelled up yesterday, did the overnight stuff, got the result. And now on the way down, it's very much just focusing on, on, on Saturday, going to Turles against Galway. It'll be a fabulous doubleheader, an unbelievable occasion. I mean, that's exactly where an inter-county player wants to be, especially a Cork player. You know, up there where there'll be a good, decent crowd, big, hopefully, Cork crowd travelling. Um, good atmosphere Turles to home hurling that's exactly where we want to be um, but it is only one game at a time Cullum um, and you can only win these single games as they go along to get to that final so fingers crossed we win it and move on to the semi-final Absolutely does Turles give Cork a bit of an advantage I mean we love going to Turles always Shawnee I mean it's, it's almost like a home game for us um, I'm not sure if, if, I'm not sure <laughs> advantage but look yeah Cork players always love playing there obviously home venue down the park is a fantastic venue Um but Taurus especially, yeah. No, you go to the Limerick lads and they might say the same column and the lads from Tipperary yeah, will say the same. Any fellow worth the salt that plays um, at top-level hurling will say that it's just the surface, it's the square, it's the build-up, it's the bus going in and you can feel the crowd baiting at the bus and shouting and singing into you. Um, all those things, you know, add to the atmosphere. But it's just the, the, the road when you come out of the tunnel and just the surface itself is just the best around. So, 
you know, with, with your car cap on. We love playing there, and as car players, you know, car horrors love going there. But as I said, you know, that atmosphere and that type of condition, you know, suits an awful lot of other counties. See, last week I'd say Clare and Limerick would say that it was it couldn't have been a better venue venue for them once the final. Um, we just got to take advantage. You know, I would say that we want to travel in big numbers. I think a good car crowd and a big roll every time a score goes up or a block or a hook is created. That you know, when the cock fellas hear that you know you feed off that energy so we owe it to that team now to get up there and give them good support next Saturday I think there will be a good core crowd up there next Saturday fingers crossed as many people get up there as they can just very finally Shawnee um, do you think like we have enough to get past Galway do you think Cork can keep driving on we said the momentum is there it's not going to be an easy game but would you fancy Cork next week um, yeah I, I, I'm not sure Colum. like it's going to be a tough battle Um like I, I, I wouldn't even call it. I don't know. Like I, these are the games. These are the real banana skins. Uh, we went there in 2015. We were caught. Johnny Link got an unbelievable goal, and we were just under pressure. Conor Whelan made his debut. Got a couple of great scores. You know, Galway had this unbelievable ability to go from you know hero to zero and back around again. They can just put in incredible performances when you think they're not going to. Um, and in these quarter and semi-final games, they actually seem to play better. I mean, traditionally, I suppose down through the years, Galway can kind of let you down in the final, but. They can be very, very dangerous in quarterfinals and semi-finals. So I'd be very, very worried. I, I genuinely think they have a good side. Of, you know, looking at it as a neutral, just I thought they were very disappointing the last day against Kilkenny. They probably tried to match Kilkenny too much in the physical stakes instead of letting the hurling do a bit of talk. You know, Tom Manahan, Brian Concannon, Kyle Mannion, who we normally associate with three and four points each, or nearly all held scorers and some of them substituted. So if those fellas get their form back and Galway get that flary type of fast moving mm-hmm. hurling going at times very similar to Cork I'd be very very worried so Kieran is a tough week ahead now he needs to get his own fellas he needs to get Cork charges well tuned in and you know nurse any injuries and anything else that was picked up today long journey back get him home tonight and do a bit of recovery maybe tomorrow and just get training again Tuesday Thursday and make sure the energy levels are good and high because it'll be a huge um, challenge Colin. I, I think it'll be a really really hard game and it'll be a hard victory if we get there it certainly will and hopefully we're um, here next Saturday or Sunday chatting about a Cork victory Shawnee listen uh, hopefully we can get the result up there good one today anyway at least and thanks yeah. for chatting to us no problem Colin anytime bye Nice one, Shawnee. And um, I'm keeping an eye on the Ireland game as I'm chatting to Shawnee. And I mean, it's it's just a fantastic Irish performance. It really is. It's 74 minutes on the clock now at the Aviva Stadium. It is still Republic of Ireland 3, Scotland 0. Uh, Stephen Kenny's team really doing the business here. Uh, great football from Ireland. Great play. And uh, some great goals as well. Alan Brown with the first goal for Ireland. Troy Parrott added the second with the header after that great pass from Michael Obafemi. And then Obafemi. Emmy getting the third himself for Ireland on 51 minutes so remaining Ireland 3 Scotland 0 at the Aviva Stadium and assuming there's not some strange weird happening in Scotland get three goals in the next 15 minutes Ireland's very much on course now to get their first ever win in the Nations League <laughs> it's strange that it would have taken this long in the first place but it did <laughs> we're going to get it um, and hopefully we can drive on from here uh, Ireland 3 Scotland nil. how it stands there uh, just coming up on 75 minutes on the clock at the Aviva in the Nations League England and Italy the big game later on 7.45 uh, on the way we will turn our attentions from the hurlers after their good win today to the Cork footballers who are in action tomorrow as well and Jer uh, McCarthy will be chatting to us ahead of that game uh, he'll be at that game for us tomorrow so we'll preview Cork and Limerick in the football tomorrow plus plenty more on the way between now and 7 here on the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie The Big Red Bench yeah, it's Colm O'Sullivan with you and we are here on the Big Red Bench until 7 o'clock this evening on Cork's Red FM on what is turning out to be a very, very good evening for the Republic of Ireland at the Aviva Stadium. Ireland 3, Scotland nil still now. Uh, just coming up in 80 minutes on the clock. Alan Brown, Cork's Alan Brown, Troy Paris, and Michael Obafemi with the goals for Ireland. So um, it's looking good for Ireland to get their first ever win in the Nations League. We'll, uh, we'll get you the full-time score on that in the next 10 minutes or so and hopefully we'll 
going to be talking about a massive win for Ireland. But we are going to return to Gaelic Games. We were just talking about a, a great win for the Cork Hurlers that gets them through to Thurless to play Galway next weekend. Uh, they were up in Corrigan Park this afternoon. Good win there for the Cork Hurlers. Of course, finishing Cork 327 to Antrim's 219 after a little bit of a scare with Antrim leading by a point at half time. But it was never a doubt, really, was it? We knew the Cork were going to drive on and get the result in the end. And they did so by an 11 point margin, as we just discussed with Shawnee Maguire a few minutes ago or Shawnee McGrath Shawnee Maguire Shawnee McGrath a few minutes ago um, maybe we'll get Shawnee Maguire on another time to chat about hurling I'm sure he'd like that as well but uh, but today we were talking to Shawnee McGrath about it uh, now we're going to talk about football and Cork take on Limerick tomorrow for a spot in the All-Ireland Football Quarterfinals and Ger McCarthy will be at that game for us and Aidan has been speaking to Ger ahead of the qualifier in Porky Cueve tomorrow all right, Cork face Limerick tomorrow in a chance to reach the All Ireland Senior Football Quarterfinals. To discuss the game with me is Jar McCarthy. Jar, thanks for joining us. Hey, how are things up? Not too bad at all. Um, I suppose uh, we were saying how it might be it might be good to have a, a glamorous tie in this, but uh, let's face it, we the Cork have a serious chance against uh, Limerick uh, on Sunday, and uh, what an opportunity to make a quarterfinal. Yeah, I suppose um, on paper you'd be saying, you know, in results between the two sides down through the last couple of years at Cork and having home advantage, I suppose, Aidan, more than anything, is, is the big thing for John Cleary because um, it certainly helped Cork against Lowe's in the previous round when they didn't play particularly well and they were up against a blanket defence. There was a, a bit of a crowd behind them and that kept them going towards the end when they got two late goals to win it. But this won't be straightforward. Uh, Billy Lee is in charge of the uh, the Limerick team, and like he's 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 well regarded, and not unlike Lowe's, you know, Limerick have come up from Division Four and Division Three. That's two promotions in three years. Um, so they're no mugs, and they're certainly not going to be coming to Cork with you know uh, looking to make up the numbers. This is a real opportunity for them. Now, I go back to the home advantage. There, there's a there's an agreement between the two clubs, or sorry, the clubs between the two counties. So it was Cork's turn to host. And that's why we're in Parky Cueve. But I think a neutral venue might have helped Limerick a little bit more, or even the game in Limerick itself. But that, that's just not to be. But this is a Limerick team with a lot of talent, um, albeit you know they were well beaten by uh, Kerry in the month, this year's Munster final. But as I said, they've come up from Division 4. They'll be playing Division 2 football next year. Um, they're certainly no mugs. And they have absolutely nothing to lose, Aidan. And, and that would be the worrying thing from John Kerry's point of view. Yeah, I suppose you'd expect them to be uh, more proactive than Louth were, uh, at least uh, the last day you would um, although I, I'll have to put my hand up here I don't have a problem with Lowe's tactics um, the way Mickey Hart explained it afterwards he made no apologies um, this was this was a tactic you know to keep them in the game right up near the last 10-15 minutes and it worked up to the last 15 minutes you know Lowe's aren't aren't entertainers Mickey Hart isn't isn't coming down to Cork to entertain he's coming down to try and win and they did what they thought would give them the best chance to do it so I've never had an issue with teams going Ultra defensive. It's just one of the modern facets of, of, of football. You know, football changed. People play different styles, and this one suited Loud for long periods. And you know, it, as I said, it took two second half goals for Cork to pull away, or two goals for Cork to pull away from them in the end. But it will have suited Cork. I think. I think they they showed a lot of patience when things weren't necessarily going their way. They kept their composure. They had a great performance from from Brian Hurley and a good few other players as well um, to take from it. But Limerick, I think the, the one thing about Limerick, it's it's worth remembering it. They, they've already won twice in Munster this year they beat Clare in penalties but they put up a fantastic performance to see off tip 2-10 to 0-10 in the semi-finals at Semple Stadium um, and they've got a very very good team Josh Ryan is a fine footballer he got 1-1 that day but their full forward line Nash Peter Nash Josh Ryan and Hugh Burke are three very very good mobile forwards who could cause the Cork defence a bit of bother if they're given enough quality ball um, a lot will depend on their midfield and I think Dara Tracy and Killian Fahey are going to be up against it uh, when, when they when they take on Cork but if they can win enough primary and dirty ball and if they can pick off their score something they didn't do against Tipperary they should have won by a bigger margin in the end um, they'll certainly be in this game coming into coming into the closing stages if Billy Lee comes up with a game plan you know to, to stifle Cork's main attacking threats it's a big if and it's a big question but look, they showed against Clare and they showed against Tipperary. They are capable of winning games. Kerry were just a far, by, a step too far. Within Kerry, are a step too far for most teams in the country. And as I said, they come here with zero fear of Cork. Uh, they come here with the same core of players they've had for the last year or four years under Billy Lee. They have nothing to lose um, if they go down by ten points. Nobody's going to say a word to them, and they have every chance of causing an upset if they get off to a good start and if Cork 
don't turn up and pull in, put in a full uh, 70 minute performance Just looking at the Munster final there five of their eight points came from the half back line two from centre back Ian Corbett and three from um, Keen Sheehan the wing back is that was that always a necessity on the day do you think or is that actually uh, a tactical approach by Billy Lee I think it's both I think on the day I think they'd have taken points from their goalkeeper from anywhere such was Kerry's dominance and this was a Kerry team that slowed up to be fair in the third in the fourth, in the fourth quarter and could have and should have won by a lot more but you're right to point to that half back line it is quite mobile and it is quite dangerous when, if they're given room to if they're given room to, to do damage the thing is um Cork would probably have seen that would probably come up hopefully come up with some sort of way of negating it but uh, like the thing with Limerick and I said it about load before the load game the manager Billy Lee is so well respected and deservedly so like he's taken this team from nowhere up to Division 2 and maybe this is as far as Limerick can go maybe the Munster final and reaching a Munster final was as far as they would have expected to go but they're within 60-70 minutes of reaching an All-Ireland quarter final and that's going to galvanise them and that's going to give them the impetus heading to Cork um, again where, where they just don't have anything to lose and I, I, the one thing with playing Cork if Cork are not on it if Cork aren't on it from the first minute and they're going you know the way you would expect them to go and all 15 players are performing they can be susceptible to the counter-attack and Loud exposed that don't forget Aiden in their, one of their first attacks in the first half the last day at Parky Creeve they got a goal from it now I don't think uh, I think Limerick have got better forwards than Loud with respect to them and I think if they're not marshalled properly and if Cork don't you know hit the ground running early in this one this will be a lot tighter than I think people um, expect it to be I still expect Cork to win but I don't think it's going to be the straightforward victory that a lot of people are assuming because I think they're looking too much at that at that Kerry game where they just need to look at the overall progress of a team that has come up from Division 4 two promotions in three years lost to Lowe's in the Division 3 final and were unlucky to lose to Lowe's in the Division 3 final so they're no mugs and they're going to come here with a lot of um, with a lot of ambition I would hope and I would think and probably a lot more attacking endeavour as well and we'll, we'll just have to see how Cork perform but Cork know they need to be at their best here to make sure they get this victory just looking at Cork then uh, Stephen Sherlock has been very important this year um, I suppose it just it must give the team and the sideline uh, it must put them at ease when they know they've someone who on their day can put over any free he's given and uh, these games they often do they are very stop start and free taking could be really important on Sunday yeah that's a good point and it's, it's very true of, of Sherlock since he's come back into the Cork senior setup for the second time it's, 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 it's his accuracy from dead balls you know, six out of eight, out of his eight points against Lauder from Freeze, and the other one, another one was from a forty-five. And he has seemed to, he's settled into the role now. He's getting regular game time, and he's settled into that corner forward role. And the good thing from Sherlock's point of view is, and from Cork's point of view, Sherlock, Brian Hurley, and Kyle O'Mahony from Itchestone have been the forward line over the last number of games, and they're used to each other. Against Kerry, when Brian Hurley was marked out of it, it was O'Mahony and Sherlock that did the the bulk of the scoring and the last day when the game kind of passed O'Mahony by a bit hardly chipped in with 1-4 and Sherlock got 8 points so they're they're supporting each other and they're you know it's it's a it's an active and a mobile full forward line but to go back to your original point Sherlock's ability from from dead balls and from freeze is absolutely vital for Cork yes but one thing that I think a lot of people don't see is his work off the ball he's a huge work rate great work ethic and he has it because when he plays for the Bears he has to have it as well he has to come deep from time to time you'd see him picking up balls in the 45 and just you know letting in a pass rod and going for the score he's got that in his in his locker as well and that's going to be very very important because the chances are he could be double marked or like himself or Brian they're going to be very closely marked um, this weekend but again his ability to knock over a free from left or right and his ability to knock over long range frees which is another important element um, of one of the, one of his best attributes yeah Stephen Sherlock is definitely enjoying a good run in the Cork team at the moment and I don't think Cork would be where they are without him Just uh, before we finish up does John Cleary have any uh, any players coming back into the panel what's the injury updates there if you know any News is, <laughs> as always with this Cork setup news is very very is very very thin on the ground uh, and what I can tell you is that a lot of people we were impressed with Brian Hayes' performance when he came off the bench at halftime. St. Finbar's man played very, very well the last day. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he got a start the, um, the next day. Same goes for Damien Gore to kill Maccabee forward. He's coming back from a long-term injury. He came on after 50 minutes against Loudon. He hit the post at one stage. He's another live wire forward that you can throw in there towards the end of the game and somebody that could make uh, can cause a lot of damage. 
players, I think, that as well, just, I suppose, Ty Corkery, the killer archer back, I think he's very unlucky not to play the last day, but to be fair, that the Cork full back line at the moment, Sean Potter, you can't really drop, the Douglas man is having a fantastic season, Morris Shanley is back from long-term injury, he's settled back into the full back position, and Kevin O'Donovan from Nemo, I think he's had a couple of fantastic games, really under understated and undervalued player, I think his, his link-up play, his fitness levels, and his ability to get up from the back and join the attack, He's in. He's named in that corner cornerback role, but he's he's doing very very well. So if Ty Corkery from Kilimanjaro, as well as he's played for Cork this year, can't make you know the starting fifteen, that's a very good sign for John Cleary. So I suppose the big thing is he he has options off the bench uh, heading into the Limerick game. I assume it'll be the, the same starting fifteen unless there's been an injury picked up in the interim, which I haven't heard of. But I would imagine we'll see Colm O'Callaghan and Ian McGuire in midfield, and a word for the half back line as well. Uh, for Cork's half back line again, not getting a lot of uh, not getting a lot of news headlines, but you know uh, Cooper Maguire from Castlehaven, Cooper from Airog, and Matty Taylor from Mallow were very very consistent against Kerry and very very consistent as well the last day. Their patience and holding up the ball and releasing the forwards against Lowe's, that's going to be vital as well against Limerick. So there may not be any major injury worries coming into it, Aiden, but there's certainly a few options off the bench uh, for John Cleary. So it'll be an interesting team selection to put it mildly. Absolutely, should be a great one in Parky Cueve and hopefully a, a big car crowd out to see a team who have a great chance of making the last date of the All-Ireland Football Championship. Gerard, thanks a million. No bother, thank you. Nice one. Uh, that is Aidan talking to Ger McCarthy ahead of that qualifier tomorrow. Cork taking on Limerick for a spot in the All-Ireland Football Quarter Finals. Well, the Aviva Stadium, things are still going very well. Just 90 minutes on the clock now into injury time there. And still... Ireland 3, Scotland nil. Goals, as we said, Alan Brown, Troy Parrott and Michael Obafemi giving Ireland that 3-0 lead there into injury time. It is almost over. So uh, it's going to be a great night for Ireland, a great night for Stephen Kenny and hopefully now they can drive on another big game on Tuesday against Ukraine. That game will be played in Poland. Um, so Ireland 3, Scotland nil. Now we're nearly out of time, but uh, just before we finish up, we're going to do uh, one more little bit of Gaelic games. And obviously uh, we know now the games that are going to be on at Thurless next weekend it's going to be Clare versus Wexford after Wexford had their win over Kerry today and Cork of course taking on Galway um, in the All-Ireland Hurling quarterfinals um, in Thurless next week as well a big double header and uh, ahead of those uh, former All-Ireland winning forward Eddie Brennan has been talking to Oisín Langan um, about the, the teams left in the All-Irelands and if anyone can beat Limerick and if they can who could it be? We're now joined by former Kilkenny hurler Eddie Brennan at the launch of Guinness 00's GA campaign, Yours for the Taking. Now with Guinness 00, 100% Guinness, 0% alcohol, more social occasions off the GA pitch are yours for the taking. Guinness, proud partner of Crow Park Stadium and the GAA, is hosting midweek social events in GAA communities throughout the championship as well as All-Ireland final preview brunches ahead of both the hurling and football finals in July. Please visit www.twitter.com forward slash Guinness Ireland for more information on tickets to these events. Eddie, are you enjoying the hurling summer so far? Yeah, definitely. Um, my concern is that it's going to be over soon <laughs> and, and there's still a long summer in it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been intriguing. It's been, I suppose, unpredictable too. Um, you know, uh, Particularly when you look at you know the the you know Waterford and Tip. I mean, early in the year you'd be saying you know would the two of them you know not be qualifying for the All Ireland series and even Dublin when their year started so well and how impressive they were in winning the Welsh Cup. But therein I suppose is what it is. It's a pre season competition. So, um, but yeah, look, we've had some rip roaring games. We've had some cracking games so far. Uh, games that are different. You know, even you know. Obviously, there's a big contrast between Leinster and Munster, but I think the Leinster games have provided, you know, a different type of of intrigue. So, um, you know, all will be revealed now when the teams start crossing paths and they start uh, going toe to toe with the, with with each other. We'll know then, I suppose, uh, who has the bragging rights. What way do you read into the Munster hurling versus Leinster hurling debate? Uh, maybe the view is tempered by the fact that the Munster final was unreal and the Leinster final was a drab affair but is it too simplistic to just judge it on the two games that we saw last weekend? Ah it is yeah no look they were worlds apart in different ways and I think sometimes when we build up an occasion you sometimes can get a bit of an anti-climax like I will say for the last two weeks I 
I felt this Munster final was building nicely. I think when you have, you know, the two teams playing each other that were there Sunday and how close proximity they are and Limerick City and the interactions and the over and backs there. And uh, I think it was primed for this. But you could have equally, you know, I was concerned after the first few minutes that was this going to be a real attritional battle where, you know, real skillful hurling wasn't going to, you know, be seen because of the conditions. But it could have gone the other way equally. Like if, if Galway scored two goals at the start of that match with Kilkenny, it means that Kilkenny now have to go after Galway. So, it, you know, little things like that can change the dynamic of the game. And equally, you know, I wouldn't have been shocked had the Munster final, you know, become a different affair, like with, with, with the rain. But look, we got a cracker. Um, Kilkenny and Galway then was a different type of game. It was a bit of an arm wrestle more so. Um, it was a little bit of a, I don't know, is it an old school kind of a match? Because Galway didn't really bring it to the party. And I think that was reflected in maybe Henry's assessment of the match. They just didn't seem to be chomping at the bit for this Leinster title. Um, which was surprising because um, there's a national title up for a provincial title up for grabs and you'd imagine it's a kind of a match that you're, you're definitely not going to hold back for. I would imagine when Galway went home and, and did a bit of a wash up, you know, on the Leinster final, they will feel they were a long, long way off what they could produce. But Kilkenny did what they had to do and I thought there was facets of Kilkenny's play that were impressive, but they equally had plenty of stuff to work on. The general view of Galway after last weekend's match was that defensively and at the back they're actually okay but they need to get more out of their forwards. Is that something that you think Henry will be looking at? Is that something that you think they'll be working on ahead of the quarterfinal? Yeah, I, I, I do. I think when I was watching the game you know, and I'd often be watching what's going on at the other end of the pitch and you know, when play is stopped and I looked at how Galway were setting up I think it was, I thought first it was Concanon inside, but it wasn't. It was Fahey and Whelan were the two inside. And they stayed inside the big square of Kilkenny. And then the next line was the four outside the 45 into the 65. So I was concerned going, Jesus, they have Kilkenny really opened up. And if there's good quality ball, but they actually never delivered real quality ball into them. You know, there's a few times there, Conor Whelan kept one alive on the end line. It was more defaults. But, you know, even an example of it was that when you're, when you're setting up like that, you have to get your platform a little bit higher in terms of bringing the ball up to the 65 and then deliver it into the corners. And, you know, one example of that was Jack Grealish, you know, brought out a sharp puck out in the first half. And then he got as far as midfield. And when he needed to deliver that ball just straight down the line to where Whelan was, uh, they didn't. And he got turned over and Kilkenny got a score. But equally, uh, I don't think the... You know, Murphy is a really good keeper. I rate him. But I think his puck outs were kind of, uh, they weren't really disguised. You could see where they were going the whole time. And I think Kilkenny dealt with them quite well. So uh, that will be a frustration from a Galway perspective that they didn't feed the two guys inside because uh, Whelan loves that ball that's bouncing, you know, 10 or 15, 20 yards either side of him. He'd come onto it in space um, because they had Kilkenny out and then they obviously weren't able to get it over that line. So I think if you're going to play that game, you have to be able to get the ball to around midfield and then pump it in over the halfback line, which is what Clare tried to do with Limerick on Sunday. What about your own county, Kilkenny? Three provincial titles in a row, but can they challenge for the All-Ireland this year? Um, well, look, I suppose a team that's in a little bit of transition and has been for the last couple of years, they're still able to hold their own. But I don't think holding their own and maybe being optimistic, looking at well what happened in 2019, Kilkenny are capable of that, but I think Limerick are, are, are a different animal now. I think Clare are a different animal and maybe even Cork. So Kilkenny, while they'll be pleased with where they are, they'll be more than pleased with another bit of silverware. Um, I still think where Kilkenny are at over the last couple of seasons, you know, another Leinster, you know, won't be enough. I think we... That is Eddie Brennan talking to Oshin Langan um, and uh, it's full time at the Aviva Stadium and Ireland have won 
3-0 against Scotland a fantastic performance great great performance from Ireland uh, Alan Brown got the first goal it was just a tap in really um, with the header down from Shane Duffy then a lovely goal Michael Obafemi played a beautiful ball in absolutely exquisite ball in for Troy Parrott Parrott timed his run perfectly ran onto it got the header into the back of the net Ireland 2-0 up and then in the second half Obafemi again and his goal was another thing of beauty an absolute wonder strike for Michael Obafemi um, from just outside the box as well and it was just a great Irish performance and no surprise Obafemi was named man of the match there just before full time in the Aviva Stadium uh, he got the assist for Parrot he got the goal as well and actually it was Parrot who gave him the assist for his goal too so the boys were looking after each other so Brown, Parrot, Obafemi and a good night for Stephen Kenny and uh, he will have proved a lot of doubters wrong tonight uh, Ireland 3 Scotland nil the final score at the Aviva Stadium that is us out of time for this evening I'm back with you live on air 2pm tomorrow we're live again from Maxi Zoo in Mahan Point tomorrow uh, so I'll chat to you then stand by though Stevie G kicking off your Saturday night he's on the way next The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from